made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar, and today we get to celebrate a Chiefs playoff win. That's right, we beat the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round. We get to go to the divisional round. We have a great matchup ahead of us against the Buffalo Bills, our rival. But guess what, Reese? We are oh we sorry, we're two and oh against them Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. So really excited about that. But first we gotta talk about this crazy game, man. This this game that, you know, was supposed to be this uh, juggernaut offense against our juggernaut defense um, in this frigid weather, Reese. We have a lot to talk about today. But before we talk about all of that, how is it on the ground, Reese? Give us a weather report on the ground in Kansas City. Uh, okay. So do I have some stories to tell you? I will make this as quick as possible. So story number one. You know how we were supposed to podcast yesterday and like my internet had been out, been like a trickle and all this stuff? Right. So I, I called Spectrum because all day Sunday I kept saying, there's an outage in your area. It'll get, you know, repl- it'll get fixed in two hours. And that just kept like getting kicked back down the road until finally it was like eight. So I called and I'm just like, hey, so why is my internet out? Like it's, it was doing this thing where like, it would be connected, but it would be like borderline unusably slow, like dial up level slow. Mm-hmm. And then like it would disconnect and it would just continue that cycle all day. So they couldn't diagnose it from where they were. So they're like, so here's the deal. We can't get a technician out to you until like Wednesday. And I'm just like, yo, for real Wednesday. But thankfully they were able to get a guy to come Monday, which is great. So he was messing around on some things. He couldn't figure out why there was an internet either. But then it turns out it's so cold that like the master coax cable that goes to my house like broke. So he had to take cable out of my walls and fish new cable in through my house. And I feel terrible because it was like negative 10 yesterday with wind chill. Oh, no. This guy's just doing that. So that's why that's why my Wi-Fi was dead. So I'm sorry Yo, about shout that. Out, shout out to them Spectrum boys out there working hard. Dude, Spectrum's up in their game. Spectrum's, uh, you know, I've had some good customer service. Their stuff is easy. And now, uh, I don't. I hope they don't hear this, but I have 112% of my estimated uh, millibytes or megabytes per second now. So they, like, made my internet faster. Wow. <laughs> Look at that, dude. You went from no internet to now you can game, you can 2K, podcast, oh, yeah. do everything at the exact same time. It's because, like, they know Google Fiber's coming to Parkville so they're like they got to do their best you know mm. is Google Fiber still free uh I ooh actually at this point I don't know I know what it used to be free it was only for like 10 megabytes per second internet which is you know oh, really next to useless no I I had it but I mean it could have been that could have been the speed for like 10 not 10 years ago but like yeah what was it five years ago now in like the middle of Kansas City where we lived? It was free internet, but yeah, I guess it wasn't very great. But I wasn't yeah. playing 2K online then. Nah, not not yet. Not yet. Nah. Um, so all that complaining I was doing about like my online, remember I was saying that my, my shot meter felt like it was super slow compared to playing live? Oh, then we got it. All right, we're firing it up. We're, we're burning the midnight oil tonight, baby. Yeah, you're about to see me ball out. So. That's story number one on the cold. Story number two, I'll make this one short. So, like, last Wednesday, I don't think... You you haven't been to my house yet, right? No, I have not. So, we got a chain-link fence in the backyard, but the thing is, it's not, like, what you would consider a standard chain-link fence height, which I think is, like, four feet or something like that. 
It's mm-hmm. like short. And in spots, it's so short. It's like at my knee. So this whole time, Bowie's been able to hop the fence. He just hasn't done it until Wednesday. Uh, so we have a bunch of like stray cats in the neighborhood and like coyotes and foxes and stuff like that. So wow. something caught his attention and he hopped the fence. And when I got home, my neighbor's like, yo, Bowie hopped the fence. You should probably go find him. I'm like, oh, crap. So we went and found him. Thankfully, he hadn't gone far. I was chasing him for like 90 seconds, that sort of thing. So for the next few days, we said, okay, Bowie can't be outside in the yard unattended anymore. You know, if we let him out, we're going to have to keep an eye on him, you know, like check on him every minute or so, make sure he doesn't jump. So Saturday morning, this is like 645, Bowie and I go outside, we play tug. I'm like, okay, you go do your business. I'm going to go to the kitchen, unload the dishwasher where I can see all the backyard. Okay, cool. So I do that. I'm like three dishes put away and then all of a sudden I hear him bark like one bark and I'm like oh he's probably seeing a cat so I go outside and by the time I'm there he's already hopped the fence and I'm just oh, like wow and I'm like oh my gosh not again so I, I wake Noel up he's and we're learned. going dude we're going up and down the cul-de-sac we got woods all around us so I'm just like holy crap you're like did he run the wrong direction into the woods and like before he realized how far he'd gone be like oh I have no idea where I am anymore <laughs> and and mind you, this was Saturday of the game, so like temperatures are supposed to get super low. Oh no! So I was I was pretty nervous because we have a major highway that goes by us too. I'm like, dude, if he chased something out to that highway and gets whapped, I'm just gonna be devastated. So I was driving up and down looking for him for about ten minutes at least until finally I was at the top of our neighborhood hill and Noel was at the bottom, and I heard her call for Bowie was different, and I saw her run towards the road like the main drag. And that's when I realized, I'm like, oh, she sees Bowie. So she was able to get him to like run towards her and then run towards me. And I like scooped him up and walked him inside. But the downside is both times he's hopped the fence, I think he's caught his paws in the top of the chain link because he's got like three chunks out of his different paws, you know, like gouges. So we can't let him outside because with this like negative 50 degree weather and snow, and these like open wounds in his paws, he can't be outside. So he's stir crazy. So oh man, dude, it's it's nuts. I've bought materials to like extend our fence, like some chicken wire and fence posts to make it like a six foot fence because I don't want to jump this crap anymore. But uh, that's been the weather, my dude. That's scary. Been the it doesn't sound like weather at all. It just sounds like anxious house and anxious anxious dad life over there. Well, I mean, they're both brought to you by the weather. My cable wouldn't have crapped out if it wasn't for the weather. Bowie, internet and dogs, a- man. There's there's yeah. nothing worse than internet unfunctioning and the dogs running away. It sucks. But, but do you know what else is worse than that, Reese? What's that? Is an empty Patreon account. Oh. So how can someone donate to our Patreon fund now that it's the playoffs and we might actually get an uptick in people that are listening to the podcast? So if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Uh, we are uh, we kind of just work for ourselves here. So if you want to support this and you like the takes that we make, aka Tyreek Hill's trash, if you like that we say that, <laughs> um, how can they donate on Patreon or follow us on social media? So here's the thing. If you like us on social media, check it out. We got a super hot meme. Probably not dropping tomorrow. Probably dropping Thursday in preview of this next episode. But check us out at Instagram on Fountain City SM for those updates, those memes, and everything in between. Uh, if you really like what you hear, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM. 
where for the price of one Starbucks cup of coffee a month, you can get access to exclusive miniseries, including Season Zero, the COVID season that never aired, Speedy and Angry, our 11-part in-depth deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise, and more. So don't forget to donate to that Patreon, because I need to put money towards saving up for a new fence that my dog can't hop, <laughs> and Armando needs to save up money for a new wine key, don't you? Yeah, Reese, it's been a, it's been a disaster trying to drink this corked wine right now. So for those of you uh, that uh, are just following this story, I get home, I got this like cheap bottle of wine in Cleveland, um, I have a corkscrew here at this place that I'm staying at, I put the corkscrew in, and Reese, I just like can't get it out for the life of me. And to preface, like I'm not very good at this stuff anyway, but I mean, everyone knows how to like open a bottle of wine, you know? So I put it in and I'm trying to get it out and I can't. And like, it's so jammed in there that when I try to put the other side to clamp it on the wine, it starts to warp and starts going sideways. So then I was like, "Uh oh, okay, this is not good. Something is stuck or I'm just not pulling it upright. So I tried again and I pull again and I broke the screw. Like how many people break the screw? That's something, you know, probably like like I've I've been lifting Reese, but oh, like yeah. I'm I'm not that jacked yet. So Dude. I try that. We actually had Noel help us, friend of the podcast, wife of the podcast, Noel. Um, she she gave us some good advice, and uh, yeah, just ended up just putting some some like some like school scissors, just jammed it in. And Reese Reese had a heart attack because I jammed the scissors in, and wine just splashed right on me. And Reese goes. I hope that's not blood. Like serious Reese too. Oh yeah, because so, so so he pushes the cork down into the bottle with the scissors pointed in. My idea, right? So he does that, and I hear him go, ah, "My like, blood's on your hand. It was your idea." Well, and like from my angle, I'm looking up at the bottle in your hand, and you got this red dripping down your wrist. I mean, like so. <laughs> I'm just like, holy crap, did he slip and like catch himself and go down the tracks? It's like, that's not good. <laughs> it's it's definitely aired out, but it's still bad, Reese. I don't like this. What's the brand? It's, um, it is a, well, it's from Italy. So I've been told like, really, like if you any, even a cheap wine, if you buy it and it's made in Italy, it's, it's going to be good. You know, it's not going to be like wonderful, but it's not going to stink or it's not going to have any off flavors. Like it's going to be a solid wine. Mm-hmm. So it is a, it is a Nero Davola. Hmm. I don't know what to, I mean, it's a red and it tastes really dark. Like it's a really dark red where it's like dark cherry, dark grape. Yeah. So definitely darker than like a Merlot or a Cab. Mm-hmm. Um, not my favorite, but hey, I, I, I've been screaming away this damn roll that I need, I need a break. Say a prayer for him. <laughs> that, that is a niche joke right there. Um, <laughs> Season zero would get it. I know. But not niche, Reese, is the Kansas City Chiefs win against the Miami Dolphins. Reese, why don't we get into this? Um, why don't you talk about one thing that stood out to you while I look up the, the stats? So one thing that stood out to me is the undeniable impact that Chase Claypool did not have for the Dolphins all season. Dude, here's some... Wait, wait, wait. We, Chase Claypool is on the Dolphins? Yeah, exactly. Chase wait, Claypool... Uh, Robbie Anderson is what... The Chosen is what the, you're trying to say. Chase, Chase Claypool is on the Dolphins. Chase Claypool, and he finished his season what? with eight receptions for 77 yards and one touchdown. 
<laughs> I mean, wait, he didn't suit up uh, in the playoffs, right? We didn't uh, see him. I am 99% sure he did. <laughs> I am 99% sure I saw his name. He, he at least wow. played special teams or something. He's the guy that, remember, Tua threw to on the last play against Buffalo, and like he broke off his route wrong and he got picked off. No, no, that wasn't, that, that's not Claypool. That's Robbie Anderson. AKA Are you sure it wasn't Claypool? And- yeah, no, I'm positive that it was it was Robbie Anderson, also known as Chosen Anderson. Well, I can tell you, Claypool is for a fact on the <laughs> Dolphins. Oh, he did play against us. Zero receptions, oh, okay. zero targets, zero yards. Congratulations, Chase Claypool. I can't believe oh, I wanted him funny. at one point. <laughs> well, I mean, he was he was decent when he was in the Steelers. Like, but again, any wide receiver is going to be decent in the Steelers. They have such a a great ship over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was back when it was like Ben Roethlisberger and like Deontay Johnson and Juju and uh, was, I think Le'Veon. Yeah. How about that game? Well, we'll talk about tomorrow or we'll talk about the Steelers-Bills game maybe a little bit later, but there was there was a couple plays where it could have turned around, Reese. Like there was there was some drops in the end zone and like Pickens, if, if Rudolph would have thrown it maybe like three inches to the left, I mean, it would have been seven fourteen at some point. Well, I mean, I, I didn't realize this because I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but it was 24-17 late into the fourth in that game with like six minutes left. Yeah. Dude, that's... It's, it's wild. Yikes. Steelers are not good. Steelers are not good, but you know who's good, Reese? The Kansas City Chiefs. And let me... and let me. So you've talked about Chase Claypool. Let's talk about this. The Kansas City Chiefs win 26-7. Not even close. And we had people on ESPN. We had people all over the place saying Miami was going to not even upset. I, I think I think the Chiefs were maybe favored just by three or four points. Um, but everyone was picking the Miami Dolphins because of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, because of the drops that Kansas City was making. And Reese, all season I've been saying, you know what? The perfect formula for the Kansas City Chiefs is this. We're going to have 10 targets for Rasheed Rice. We're going to have 10 targets for Tyreek Hill. Everyone else five to six maybe three to five targets for other people and you know what reese hot take mondo became oracle mondo because what happened on that fateful saturday night let me do targets in order 12 targets for rasheed rice rasheed rice have yourself a day welcome to the nfl uh, uh, not even a future star but we have a star wide receiver in kansas city for the playoffs matures beautifully rasheed rice 130 yards eight receptions on 12 targets the second one reese was travis kelsey 10 targets seven receptions for 71 yards how about next on that list, Reese? We go from 12, 10, to then three receptions. McCall Hardman, three rece- sorry, three targets, one reception. So, Reese, what happened was exactly what I had prophesied, is that they spammed their guys. I said, Reese, during the season, I said, why don't we just spam our guys? Why are we trying to give opportunities for Tony, for Watts? Well, no, Watson I actually like. For Tony, for Sky Moore, for all these guys, for MVS that keep dropping the balls. And Andy Reid said, you know what? My, my stash is frozen, but my brain is not frozen. I'm going to plug into Fountain City Sports. Sports media, and I'm going to do exactly what Hot Take Mondo said. 12 targets Rashi, 10 targets Kelsey, everyone else, 
Good luck. And it worked. And it worked, Reese. It wasn't a perfect game, but you know what? You spam your stars, you get quality, you get quality results. And that's what we got, Reese. Almost 30 points on the Miami Dolphins. Wonderful showing from the offense. It wasn't perfect. I would say maybe a B to B plus on the offense, but it got the job done against what was supposed to be the darling of the NFL. So Armando's uh, called bank and he got it. Uh, I would also like to point out the bank that I called and got, which was Armando. Do you remember what I said the magic number needed to be for the offense in order for us to win games consistently? Magic number being magic number of drops or turnovers? Magic number to score. Did you say 21? Very close. I said 24. 20, okay. 24 would have won us every game this year outside of the Packers game. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But, or Bron- uh, Broncos. Uh, yeah, outside of the Broncos game as well. Uh, in this game, we scored 26. And how did we do that? I mentioned earlier, I said you can have terrible wide receiver drops. You can have turnovers. You can have penalties. You just can't have two or in our case, all three of the three. What did we do? We had, outside of garbage time fumbled by CEH, no pe- or, uh, no turnovers that mattered. And subsequently, every time we got into the red zone, even though we stalled, all those turnovers we would normally have throughout the year were field goals. And we just kept chipping away with field goals. And lo and behold, that's all we needed. We had, uh, what was it, Four straight red zone drives that ended in field goals, but those points on the board put this one out of reach, and Isaiah Pacheco was able to break that drought and put a bow on top of everything. Yeah, that's and and that's what we talked about last week, Reese. We said, you know, if we can eradicate the drops, this team is actually Super Bowl contending. It's just the drops and the turnovers have been so magnified in our brains, especially in Kansas City fans, is that like we maybe when we drop a lot, we turn over the ball. Everyone in Kansas City is saying there's no shot that the Kansas City Chiefs can win. But then you and I were like, you know what, Reese? You know what? If, if they clear that up, we actually are... Super Bowl contenders, right? Like you said, we couldn't get it done in the end zone, but because we were chipping away and because we were able to score those 24 points, we we are contenders. It's it's one of the it's one of the most mind-boggling seasons I've ever experienced as a Kansas City Chiefs fan because it's we're not in Doomsville and we're also not in, you know, paradise. We're in this like weird purgatory that is more closer to paradise if we clear up the turnovers we clear up the drops which is what happened right i mean there was still ironically we still had a lot of drops from travis kelsey um but when you don't have mvs involved when you don't have when you have a healthy scratch for Kadarius tony when you have sky Moore on ir those are our are culprits, right? Those are the big guys. So if if Travis Kelsey drops a ball or two, I'm personally as a fan, I'm okay with it because Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in NFL history. Is Kadarius Tony the best wide receiver in NFL history, Reese? Yes. Is Sky <laughs> is Sky Moore going to be in the Ring of Honor in Kansas City? If you're a Bills fan. 
then they should not be dropping the ball. Travis Kelsey, if you want to drop the ball twice, fine. Because I know you're going to come back and have seven receptions for 71 yards. So, Reese, you're right. I think the perfect formula happened. We put points on the board. Zero interceptions from Patrick Mahomes. No fumbles. No turnovers. And there you have a clean game. Even when the offense could not get... Even when we could not get it done in the red zone, Reese. Which is why I put this offense at a B to B plus. Because we couldn't get it done. If we would have gotten it done, Reese, 26 to 7 would have looked more like 42 to 7. You're not far off. And honestly, I was going to say, that's the next step now. Is if you turn one of those red zone trips into a touchdown... And this game, we score 30. Nobody's beaten us this year if we score 30. Not with this defense. And in fact, you know, someone else said this too. It would have been 30 if they hadn't called back that second Rashi Rice touchdown, which I still stand by this. And I think someone, one of the talking heads, like it was a McAfee type said the same thing. He got pushed. Yeah, he got pushed from behind by Justin Houston. That was a bad call. He's also trying to balance himself. Like, okay, you push him. What are you supposed to do when you get pushed? Are you supposed to fall flat on your face and get a concussion? No, of course you are going to use your hands in order to prevent any injury, or that's just what we do naturally, right? If I pushed you right now, Reese, you wouldn't just go, but like, like the what is that one game where Quop. you just like fall like a drag doll? <laughs> Uh, you sure? Uh, There's actually this one game on Xbox. I'll, I'll send it to you. Oh, it's called Drop or something. <laughs> anyway, I'm tangenting. But of course you're going to use your hands. And it's just, I thought it was a natural instinct that he used his hands. But again, he got pushed before. It doesn't matter whether he used it or not. He got pushed. Now, I'll say here, here's my concern, though. So two concerns with Rashi Rice having the game he had. Eight receptions, 130 yards. That's great. I love it. I don't want this to have, or I don't want this to be the catalyst that causes Andy Reid and Brett Veach to kind of about face on their wide receiver plans in the offseason and say, oh, we found our wide receiver one. Wide receiver's fixed now. We're fine. Because it's like, no. No. Because honestly, I love the dude. I still don't think Rashi Rice is a wide receiver one type guy. I think our only chance if we want to have that would be if we went the Niners route where like you just get a bunch of different for pieces that serve different roles and do them consistently well. Like if Rashi Rice is kind of like our Brandon Ayuk and we get some other guy who's like our deep route jump ball guy like Higgins, I don't know. Uh, But I would say also I'm going to need to see some more receptions out of someone else because there's a huge drop off after Travis Kelsey, 7 for 71. Next up is Noah Gray, one for twenty. Justin Watson, two for twenty. Yeah, just a couple of big plays, which is what I also predicted. I said Justin Watson's going to be the big play guy. You're right. You're right. Or I, and Noah, Noah Gray. Wait, wait. I want to say one more. Sorry, Reese. I have to tap my horn and I'll let you go. Sorry, <laughs> Reese. I said also. I said watch out for Noah Gray. I forget what game we saw it, but it was the very first play of maybe the Eagles game or was it the Bills game? Actually. No, no, Patriots. Sorry, it's Patriots game. The very first play of that game, Reese, I said, so Bill Belichick's right. He he takes away your best player. So Andy knew he was going to double team Travis. So what happens? That means Noah Gray, if we put a two tight information, that Noah Gray is going to be out there. And I said, Reese, I think we're going to see one of these plays in the playoffs. And what happens? Noah Gray, one reception for 20 yards. All right. Sorry. I got my oracles out of the way. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. So I would feel a lot better if following Travis Kelsey 7 for 71, 
we had somebody who had like four for 38 or four for 42. And McCole Hardman had an opportunity to be that guy in this game. He had three targets, one reception. But, dude, hey, guess what? Remember what I said last week, how mad I was that McCole Hardman had himself like an absolute game tracking balls, catching passes, and then he was just going to revert back into like you know a baby giraffe the next week and what happened dude he lost a touchdown because he couldn't track it and then later on he does get held pretty blatantly in front of the officials but he quits on a play throws his arm up he still had a chance to track and run that thing down even though he was held but dude mccall you don't get to do that while the play is going on. Jamar Chase gets to do that while the play is going on. Justin Jefferson gets to do that while the play is going on. Who are you? You can do that after the fact, make an effort for the ball, and then throw your hands up. The referee yeah. saw you do that, but because you quit on the play, he wasn't going to reward you with the flag, dude. You're not that guy, pal. Yeah, he wasn't that far off, Reese. And this this troubles me, or this worries me about what happened in in New York with the with the Jets. You know, we that that was one of our biggest concerns. Actually, we were like, well, why why was he not involved in the offense with the New York Jets? They only had Garrett Wilson, and they had a bunch of scrubs. You know, the the veterans from Green Bay. Why was McColl not getting reps in in New York? And one of the things was, you know, is it is it a character issue? Is it effort issue? And I think we're starting to see that. And we were the only people that wanted to re-sign him. Right? There was it, it wasn't a waiver wire issue where there were other people, and then you know Kansas City had the rights to Hardman nobody wanted Hardman so I think there's there might be some chatter around the league about his effort about you know his wherewithal of of wanting the ball um and we saw that today and that was really unfortunate because one of those plays could have been a touchdown right one if, if he didn't put his hands up and he could have turned around at the ball or like you said could attract that ball those could have been two huge plays um so I'm glad we're you know again beggars can't be choosers we don't really have any else that can although I'd like to see some more from Richie James we only had two targets uh, one caught for six yards um, and then uh, well we don't have to tangent into it but yes McColl if you can step up you step up give some effort I hope Travis Kelsey this whole week is on your ass I hope you know Andy Reid's on your ass this whole week just getting you to be motivated because we do need you like you said we need that third guy McColl can be that third guy but he's got to give the effort Dude, are you ready for next year's wide receiver room? I'm calling you right now. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> wait, wait. Before you call, let me see. It's gonna be McColl, C E H, and you're gonna say like Malik Herring is gonna get off linebacker and be wide receiver. Uh, no. So <laughs> we're gonna have. Well, actually, first off, <laughs> side note, tangent. Have you ever heard of River Craft? <laughs> This is a real dude. Hold on. I like I'm gonna send you this link. I cannot believe this I guy. Thought, I thought you were trying to say Robert Kraft, but you're trying no. to make it up or something. It's like, isn't River Kraft like the lead singer of Weezer or something like that? How is this a real dude? <laughs> I okay, I have no idea where you're going with this. Why don't you go where you're going with this first and then <laughs> tell me what's going on? Sorry, I, I was just looking at the wide receivers. The box score for this game. <laughs> River, River Craft. 
<laughs> who the hell is okay first of all i didn't know chase claypool played and now you're telling me there's a guy in the miami dolphins named river Kerkraft, and he looks 52 years old dude he outplayed jalen waddle this game two receptions 33 Wait, yards what? <laughs> He's, what, he's when real. did he catch when did he catch the ball and he had a long for 19 how did we not catch that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> he had he had the second longest catch that game and you and i didn't you and i didn't say who the hell is this guy he he's like one of those he's like one of those entities in sci-fi who can like incept a memory into your head of like his existence and like that's what he's doing right Butter, now like butterfly he, effect exactly oh so raheem mostert one reception for negative three yards yikes dude if if you told me we're gonna hold devon a chain and raheem mostert to a combined 14 for 42 yeah do we do want to get to the defense do you want anything else on the offense yeah i'm calling my wide receiver room for next year here to really quick really quick (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) river good crap Dude, maybe, maybe we can get maybe we can get him on the podcast. Probably, <laughs> I was gonna say, dude. So tell me, what, what's your favorite brand of macaroni and cheese? Is it Kraft? Did you did you excel at arts and crafts in elementary school? Rivers, like, did 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 our Zoom interview get hacked? Is this guy a scrub? <laughs> no, dude. This this is Fan on City Sports Media. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, for sure, bro. For sure. So, our wide receiver room next year. Oh no! Wide receiver one, T. Higgins. Wide Good. receiver two, love it. Ra- Rashi Rice, love it. Wide receiver three, whoever we draft in the first round of the draft this year, love it. Wide receiver four, back from the dead, Nico Ramijo. <laughs> you know who? You don't. Oh, hold on, hold on. You don't remember Nico? No. Nico was going to be literally, I kid you not, he was going to be like our Puka Nakua all in like the preseason. He was balling out and it didn't matter who How or what How do you spell you Nico Ramijo? Uh, it's like N-I-C-O. Right. R-A-M-I-G-G-I-O, I think. G-G? Oh, Ramijo. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Nico is N-I-K-K-O. Oh, N-I-K-K-O. Okay. Dude, but put some respect on his name. He's, he's he, 24 years old. He's he's young enough. He was a deadly possession receiver, and he's the exact kind of guy you want as wide receiver four in a deep room like that. You're, you're also, but 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 you're missing another guy that's going to be here next year. Oh, geez, who am I missing? Justin Ross, baby. Justin Ross. Wait, oh, of course, Justin Ross. He's yes. four. Nah, that's a good point. <sighs> I mean, look, if we and we don't have to talk free agency today, that's a whole other can of worms because Willie Gay has already alluded that he's probably not going to come back, which is a big deal. Um, Is it realistic for us to get T Higgins? Yes, but a lot of people have to leave in order for us to get T Higgins. But like you said, T Higgins, Rasheed Rice on a rookie contract, another round one wide receiver, which again... I, we haven't talked about draft, but this is kind of a precursor. There are like five or six wide receivers that have ro- round one grades that will not go in the first round. Like someone is going to drop to us, Reese. A star will drop to us at the end of round one. So you can bet if we draft a wide receiver, our wide receiver three is a stud. And then wide receiver four, Justin Ross. Mm. That's it. 
That's it, Reese. We talked about it in the game, and we've talked about it in the beginning of this podcast today. That's our only hole. That's the only hole. If we can catch balls and not turn it over, we are a shoe in for the Super Bowl. A shoe in, Reese. A, sh- a shoe in over the Ravens? Over the Ravens, we are Ooh. a shoe in. Oh. Dude, Armando's gonna start working a foot locker because he's talking about shoe ins over here, man. I tell yeah, this, you what. this this Nero Davila is doing me great. <laughs> Robert Nero Davila. Oh. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about coming out of this? Well, I, I got something to talk about coming out of this Dolphins game. Uh, yeah, well, be some talking about the defense, but I just want to do a quick second on Isaiah Pacheco and say that's another thing that you and I have been talking about is we have to establish the run game, and we did. It wasn't necessarily successful when it comes to average runs, right? Isaiah Pacheco, 24 carries for an average run of 3.7, but he had 89 yards and a touchdown. If, if we dictate the game and we are establishing time for the game right like we are the ones dictating how much time we take on the field if we can have isaiah pacheco run the ball 24 times especially against a buffalo bills offense where we don't want them to have the ball right i don't want james cook to run the ball 30 times right i don't want gabe davis to have three touchdowns because he's wide open um so if we can dictate the flow and the tempo of the game through isaiah pacheco like I feel pretty good against the Bills, Reese. And that's what we've shown against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, be it that they had 35-year-olds on their defensive line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still, this was this was almost a perfect game if they would have gotten done in the red zone. Yeah, we need to dictate the game with Isaiah Pacheco the way we did last time we beat the Bills in the regular season with Clyde Edwards-Alaire's rookie year, which is kind of – it was a game, you know, not too dissimilar from this, where it's, yeah, you didn't have a whole bunch of long, flashy runs, but every time you handed the ball off, it was just so demoralizing. You know, it's like you wouldn't go down for his contact. We need Pacheco to, like, plow through some of these guys. We need him to get, you know – four hard-earned yards on third and three you know just make it make it matter every time he touches the ball because he's such a game changer yeah yeah so hopefully that is going to be the script going forward um but reese like i said look in in conclusion for this offense no turnovers by patrick mahomes a plus isaiah pacheco carrying it 24 times a plus rasheed rice having 12 targets travis kelsey having 10 targets that's it that's how you win a Super Bowl, and I feel pretty good against a Buffalo Bills. I know it's going to be tough, but you know what? This is as good as our offense can be right now, and it looks great. So, yeah. shall we talk about the defense? Uh, let's talk about the defense, and I think one thing I have to bring up, because I think it's going to be synonymous, is the way they shut down Tua and may have ended his career, at least as a starter. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we want to talk about that. Uh, Tua Tungavailova, 199 yards, one touchdown, one interception, two sacks, um, a 15.8 QBR rating or QB rating. Um, a, a really bad performance by Tua, and like you said, a wonderful performance by Spags. Uh, really um, disguising the blitz as always, but but masterfully. I mean, look, he always does it, but Tua was was shivering in his boots. There were no long play. There was the one long play. Tyree Kill, right? And we talked about this in the in the chat. If you take away the one fifty-three yard play 
um, that happened there, right? And Sneed, did just, or sorry, no, it was McDuffie. McDuffie didn't turn around. Like a lot of issues happen on that play. You take that play away, Reese, only four receptions for nine yards for Tyreek Hill. It's crazy. And I mean, you, you got to say, point out too, the long pass to Tyree Kill was a severely underthrown wobbler that, like you said, mm-hmm. McDuffie wasn't able to turn around and track because he was chasing Tyreek. Tyreek had the better angle on it. You know, it was sure. uh, broken play is too strong of a word, but it, it was not like Tua threw him some dime or something. Nope. No, it was un- it was underthrown, and I, I didn't even think at that point there was any pressure either. Like, no, Tua just underthrew the ball. Yeah. Uh, a big part of that was George Karloftis having a career day, man. Dude, ten or sorry, six total tackles, three solo tackles, a sack and a half, and a tackle for loss. You know, Amazing. he he might not ever wind up being you know Aiden Hutchinson or one of the Watts or one of the Bosas. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not leaving that. I, I jury's still out, man. I don't think he's explosive enough. That that's part of my thing is that like they always those guys have a switch that like every third down they're like, Hey, can you get a sack? He's like, Yeah, I'll get a sack. I don't think Karloftis is that guy. I think Karloftis is the guy that's gonna break the pocket every play, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which honestly, I'll I'll take that. You give me a quarterback that doesn't get a clean pocket on every down, yeah, you know, that really throws off game plans for probably ninety to ninety five percent of the quarterbacks in this league. And Karloftis had himself a night. Yeah, hats off to George. I'm I'm gonna disagree with you and say I think the jury is still out on George Karloftis. This is second year. This is a playoff game. One and a half sacks, basically two sacks with three QB hits, and like you said, altering the future for Tua Tungavailoa, who basically. Mike McDaniel and that GM have to sit down and say, is this is, is this the path forward, right? Is Tua, is Tua the guy? And Reese, you've brought this up in the past where you say that teams look really good in the regular season, mm-hmm. and then when they get punched in the mouth in the playoffs, they collapse. And we've talked about this with the Ravens. We've talked about this with the Bills in 2019. Um, and I think this was the similar for the Miami Dolphins, where the Miami Dolphins looked like the best and most innovative offense in the NFL or in NFL history in the first half of the season. As things start to ramp up, as we, as we get more game footage on the Dolphins, we don't see a lot of that. And look what happens. You get punched in the mouth by George Karloftis to a tongue of Iloa, who was supposed to be the MVP of the league, now mm-hmm. looks like he might not have a job in the next two years, Reese. So I think jury's still out for George. Hats off to George. Like I said last year, just one more touting my horn. I said, give George Karloftis one more millisecond, and I think he can fix it, right? We didn't see any sacks from him last year, and I said, Reese, he's almost there. Every time I watch him, he's almost hitting the quarterback, and I was like, give him, just give him another season. I think he'll figure it out, and I think I think he's figuring out, Reese. I'm really excited to see him against Buffalo Bills. Man, a little more to a talk here. Uh, you know, he did not do well under pressure today. It was like you could tell that he didn't want to get hit, and he was continually getting harassed and getting hit. You know, it, it really just puts into perspective how much different would the Miami Dolphins look had they gone with Justin Herbert 
So instead wow. of being limited at quarterback, you had a big 6'5 athletic dude who can hit these easy little timing routes, but also drop dimes anywhere on a field to Waddle and Tyreek if needs be. It's like that would be a lot scarier. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And But I, I will say that, and this will transition into our defense, is they can hit Tyreek or Waddle anywhere. It wouldn't have mattered this game, Reese. You put you put prime Tom Brady. You put prime Troy Aikman. You put prime Aaron Rodgers in the game. Tyreek Hill is going to get what he gets. You know why? Because of what should have been pro bowler Legereus Sneed. Mm. Hats off to our dude Legereus Sneed. I, Reese... I don't want anything for Christmas for the next three years. If Brett Veach tells me, he calls me today and says, Armando, I'll make you a deal. You're, you're not going to get any more Xboxes. You're not going to get any more cars, no more houses, no more nothing. But I'm going to give you T. Higgins and mm. I'm going to give you Legereus Sneed. Oh, and if man. he says he's going to give me both of those next year, I'm, I'm a happy man. I said, that's fine. I don't need any presents for the next decade. Because you give me both those guys, Legereus Need is the real freaking deal, and he's shown it every single year. Shame on the NFL for picking Bland or whatever his name is and the Cowboys who just got absolutely thumped by rookies in Green Bay, and they did not pick Legereus Need. Legereus Need is a pro bowler. He shut down Tyreek Hill. He, he manhandled Tyreek Hill, and he took Tyreek Hill to Cancun, Mexico. You know, I said that thing I said earlier in the year about, like, this is the best defense since the Legion of Boom. I think one aspect that's severely underrated about it is particularly the secondary side of things, even with Brandon Cook being out right now, is this is a really nasty, no-fly zone secondary. I mean, you saw it the way they held River Kraft to two receptions for 33 <laughs> yards, okay? <laughs> but for real, <laughs> but for real, so, so people can disagree that, you know, this is the best defense since, you know, whatever, but I think you're going to be hard pressed. And I mean this sincerely, I think you're going to be hard pressed to go back and find a better quarterback tandem having like this good mm -hmm. of season, both totally. of them since again, I couldn't tell you when probably Legion of boom. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, and unfortunately, Legereus Sneed is not a household name. And at that point, I feel like Cam Chancellor, um, uh, Richard Sherman were all household. Earl Thomas, these are all household names, so it's really easy to uplift this type of defense. But you're right; these corners are just amazing. That's that's another reason why I'm pretty hopeful against these Buffalo Bills is because if we can, again, this is a little precursor to what we'll talk about in the, in the next half. But if we can shut down a, a, a Stephon Diggs and make Gabe Davis win the game fine I'm totally cool with that win the game Gabe Davis win a, div a divisional game with game D Gabe Davis that's fine with me so yeah hats off to this wonderful cornerback um, tandem of Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie and Trent was really pissed that he got you know that, that he had that mistake and he was talking about it. he was like I'll never live this down like Trent is one of those guys that's gonna he the next day he is gonna work on that and that's never gonna happen to him again and I trust him like this is we're we're so lucky in Kansas City to have this great tandem in cornerback and also this great defense. 
I think the fact for me that Charvarius Ward got all pro over Lecherius Need. Oh, what the? Like, <laughs> I think, is Charvarius Ward the high? He's at least top three highest paid cornerback in the NFL right now. He, he's up there. They overpaid yeah. for him. I mean, yeah. again, not saying he hasn't taken a step forward in his game and he's not sure, playing Sure, he's played well. well. He's played he, well. He's fine. playing fine. He's playing above average, but like... Dude, he's he's not being he's not playing up to the level that he's getting paid right sure. now. And and actually kudos to Buffalo Mike from the grave. <laughs> Buffalo Mike was the one that said, um, of course the Kansas City cornerbacks play so well when they leave Kansas City because um Spags demands so much of his corners, right? Puts them on islands. Um but when they go into different systems like like a 49ers you have so much insurance when you're back there right mm-hmm. you have safeties back there that are helping you have linebackers that are, that are able to play in coverage where in kansas city you better be able to play one-on-one and guess what reese spags finally has his christmas present of having the two best one-on-one corners in the nfl I mean, we even have to throw out here. It's like Chamari Connor playing a bit, playing a bit of that crossover role between sure. safety and corner. It's like he's emerged in the last few weeks with Brandon Cook going down, and he's playing great. It's like I mm-hmm. really, we have depth back there, and I think that's the biggest thing. There's no more third downs where you know our our cornerback four is on an island, and it's just like, dude, why are you leaving our cornerback four on an island? You know, yeah, it's like, no, we haven't seen Jalen Watson. We haven't seen a lot of um, who else is back there. Um, but when called upon, Jalen Watson's playing pretty solid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but he's not called on a lot, which is nice, right? Where before, you're right. It's like, you know, Jalen Watson gets blown up. Another random guy gets blown up. But these guys are really holding their own. So hats off to Spags. Um, and I don't even think it's a cold snack take back. Like, I think it was justified that a couple of years ago, Spags' defense wasn't working just because we didn't have the right personnel. We have the right personnel. Now it's working. So, I mean, hats off that he that he didn't adjust his defense, that he stayed, you know, he's an old old man he's he's stuck in his roots and look now we have the personality stuck in his roots and it's working so hats off i was gonna say yo i i feel bad because i said you know do we do we fire spags at some points but i'm I'm not gonna exonerate him from some of his coaching changes it took an awful long time to get Dan Sorensen out of the starting lineup yeah it took an awful long time to get Ben Neiman off of the team there were an awful lot of times where you're putting your cornerback four on a Jamar Chase on third and 15 and letting them get 18. Even (laughs) I I think I sent you this clip last year. I can't remember what the assignment was and it was against future Hall of Famer first ballot Hayden Hurst but it was (laughs) late in the Chiefs Bengals game and on that final drive the Bengals had where 56 seconds left third and 16 and spags allowed like 19 yards to hayden hurst on the sideline i'm just like dude how is that hole in your coverage what are you calling right now to let that be a thing so he he's making me eat crow i will give him that this defense is humming and chumming and churning like a machine yeah it's but yeah like you said it's the same defense but different personnel and you put the right personnel in what he's trying to look for and it works just like anything and reese you put the right beer in your mouth and everything works 
So Reese, why don't we why don't we get the right beer for you? Let's get a beer review going, um, and then after the beer review, let's talk about some AFC divisional playoffs against the Buffalo Bills um, in Buffalo. And looks like things are not looking great weather wise, but you know what? We just did that, so bring it on, Buffalo. We'll see you soon. You do not want to miss that, so go ahead. Let's crack open a beer together, and then let's talk about some Bills. We'll see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for a beer review segment. If you're just joining us because of the playoffs, um, not only are we a Kansas City Chiefs podcast, but we also like to take a break from talking about Chiefs content and cracking open a beer. We also like to review that beer. So Reese is going to review a beer. Why don't we hear what you're reviewing first, and I'll tell you what we do after that. So Reese, what are you going to be drinking for us today? So... Armando, do you know the story of Tallgrass Brewing Company out of Wichita? No, although I think you've had a sour from there, I believe, on the... You might be th- I don't remember. Maybe thinking of Prairie Artisan Ales. Mm. Anyway... Then no, I don't know Tallgrass. So Tallgrass, uh, at one point in time in the mid to late 2000s, was actually one of the largest uh, craft brewers in the country in terms of volume they brewed. In fact, they actually weren't that far behind Boulevard in terms of, you know, uh, brewers' barrels per year. They're putting out like really? 125, 130 brewers' barrels, 100,000 really? brewers' barrels a year. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you've probably seen some of their stuff before, like 8-Bit Pale Ale. Is that ringing any bells? Got like a Pac-Man on the front of it. Yeah. So they were doing solid stuff. The story that I've been told from a couple people is that they got so big that they expanded too big too fast. And they went from being a brewery to like having, you know, like a two floor beer hall kind of thing to like national distro to all this stuff. Hmm. And it just wound up they spent too much money too soon, couldn't keep up with it. And the company Hmm. folded. Uh, Now, a few years ago, another brewery, I'm not sure who I was told, bought the rights to their recipes and kind of revitalized Tallgrass Brewing Company. So now some of those beers that were gone for a while are now coming back, which is good because, again, they were making some good stuff. Now, where am I going with this? So today, I have a Tallgrass Brewing Company beer with me, and I am believing that by finishing this beer, I am exercising the issues that have plagued the Kansas City Chiefs since I bought this (laughs) six-pack. It's a delicious beer. I was excited to have it for the first time since I was an undergrad, and I think it's very fitting because in my hands I have a buffalo sweat oatmeal cream stout, and you better <laughs> believe that every last drop condensating and traveling down the outside of this can is representative of the sweat that will be going down the brows of 100,000 Bills fans as we absolutely send them through a table this Saturday. <laughs> Well, you definitely don't want to miss our next segment after this as we'll talk about that. But all right, so Reese is ready. He is ready to do some Buffalo Sweat Stout. Uh, For those of you that are new to this segment, we rate our beers in several categories, but we always rate them from zero meaning the worst of the category, to 10 to the best of the category. Um, And I'll just tell you the categories as we go along. So the first category that Reese is going to show us today is going to be appearance. Reese, let us know what the appearance on this stout is. How does it compare with other stouts? Um, Tell us about it, and then give us a rating, 0 to 10. So oatmeal stouts are always on the lighter side of stouts, or generally speaking, by and large. Uh, This one's very dark. No light's making it through. 
has a nice half inch caramel colored head that's very foamy and nice. uniform. It's an attractive beer. You know, it looks very drinkable. Not seeing a lot of condensation or anything in the glass for that matter. So appearance on this, I'm going to start off with a solid 7.9. Okay, 7.9 out the gate, pretty good. Excellent. So after appearance, then we have smell or aroma, as we call it. Uh, Reese, give that a nice sniff and let us know what you smell on that for aroma. Blasted with chocolate and malt. I mean, that's what you're getting here. Boom, boom. I mean, seriously, it almost smells like a handful of chocolate chips. Like very boom, 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 boom. Did you know that Mario Kart is the highest game of um, heart rate? <laughs> really? I can believe it. Yeah. All those blue shells you're, chasing you down? Heart rate jumps uh, 37%. I think I just saw. I, I say that because I said boom, boom, and I was thinking about that. Reese, tell us more about that aroma. Sorry. Tangent. Uh, you know, you get a lot of the malt aroma in this. Generally speaking, it's probably like a very dark roasted malts. Uh, a lot of times they add oats for mouthfeel, so you don't really get it for like the aroma so much. It's not like you're smelling Quaker oats or anything like that. But, you know. It, it smells more like cocoa puffs, so like maybe I'm kind of getting some of that malt, malto meal. I don't know. Long story short, it smells great. No weird aftertaste or sorry, after aromas. I'm gonna give it a eight point six on aroma. Solid. Eight point six on aroma. That's excellent. Reese, let's move on to our favorite category, and that is flavor. Take a sip of that and let us know if anything that you smelt on that beer is going to translate into the flavor or anything else. Yeah, dude, it, it tastes like drinking dark chocolate cocoa puffs. Uh, Ooh, yum. There's a lot of flavor in this beer for being a flat 5%. And that's what I remember about it when I had an undergrad. I was just like, yo, this is a beer with the ABV of Budweiser, but like 10 times the flavor. This is really unique without being gimmicky. I like it a lot. Uh, let me give one more sip to it. Yeah, we're just going to call it dark chocolate cocoa puffs, dude. A lot of residual sugars, kind of a little bit of vanilla going on there. Yeah, malt central, malt, malt forward. Uh, I'm going to give this a 8.9 on flavor. Ooh, that's a good that's good rating from Reese. Um, excellent. We got a great 8.9 for flavor. Now, Reese, let's do mouthfeel. Why don't you go ahead and take that a swish in your mouth and let us know, is it heavy? Is it light? Is it crispy? Is it is it malty? Is it heavy? What do you got? It's a slightly heavier mouthfeel than you would guess for a 5% beer, but it's very drinkable. It kind of has the viscosity of like heavy water, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, as mentioned, oats are in there. I, I would say that it's generally a softer mouthfeel. I think some of that density comes from the extra added oats. But there also is quite a sparkle effervescence on this that you wouldn't necessarily expect for, for something like this. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like Line and Kugel's Black Butte, not Black Butte, Line and Kugel's uh, Vanilla Snowdrift Porter in terms of like okay. the mouthfeel going on there. So mm -hmm. not my all time favorite, but it's fine. I'm going to give it an 8 point three on mouthfeel oh that's a pretty good 8.3 is good for reese and reese how about then our last category that is stonks drinkability quotient how awesome is this beer let us know about the can art let us know the overall feel of this beer how does it make you feel you can see these last few drops going in my glass right now are signifying chugging away dude the, the last grains of sand 
in the hourglass that is the Buffalo Bills' time left in the playoffs. Ooh, uh, dude, I tell you what. It's great to have a blast from the past. And when I first had this beer, it was 2014. So I think, you know, Buffalo is going to play the same way. We're talking 2014 era Buffalo. And oh let this gosh. can signify what Chris Jones, Charles Amenahue, and the rest oh of our defense is going to do to gosh. Josh Allen and the crew. Oh, how's that for ASMR, baby? ASMR cycling this bad boy and taking it to the trash. Stonks drinkability quotient 10. Reese just crushed that glass. This beer might not be crushable, but I think he's saying that this Buffalo Bills are actually crushable for next week. Uh, you don't want to want to miss this next segment. I think it's going to be pretty fire. So Reese has just done a fire beer review. Make sure that you check out this beer and also check out this next segment. We're about to spit some fire on a Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs playoffs rematch in the divisional round. Stay tuned. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. did a great beer review make sure that you check out what was your beer name again let's see the whole name so i don't mess it up it is tall tall grass brewing company's buffalo sweat which is an oatmeal cream stout excellent buffalo sweat oatmeal stout is a great beer review and i think Reese's is going to be a great game no matter what the outcome it's going to be a absolute cage match with the buffalo bills and the kansas city chiefs in buffalo negative four degrees out there in buffalo uh reese let's talk about the weather first um and then we'll talk about the game itself do you think it's going to deter either team we just had kansas city playing in negative 10 degrees against the dolphins um buffalo should be used to this type of weather but do you think anybody has an advantage um in buffalo with negative four degrees going I mean, I think the team that wants it more has the advantage in Buffalo, as we saw in this game this last week between Miami and Kansas City. You know, Kansas City came out, and you saw it from just when they ran out of the tunnel. They weren't afraid to play in this weather where Miami was moving around. You're just like, oh, man, this sucks. I don't want to get hit. Leave me alone. So if we can come out and set the dynamic on the Bills that we're not afraid to play in their elements – I mean, we saw Cincinnati take it to them all over four quarters last year in the playoffs in weather that was only described as a Bills just like absolute dream scenario for the playoffs. So, man, I don't think weather is going to be that big of a factor against us. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big factor for both teams. I think that both both teams have established a good running game, and I think that's going to be predicated for both teams. Um, so I think it's an even playing field, although I've been hearing that um, the Buffalo Bills do practice at their stadium, apparently. They don't have a practice facility other than, um, and they're unable to right now practice at that stadium. So I think their practice schedule has been altered because of the weather, um, which could be an advantage for us. I don't know. Um, but as of today, I heard that they had to cancel practice because of the weather in Buffalo. Yeah. Get get a get a dome. Well, aren't they getting a dome when they build their new stadium? Not confirmed. Really? Not confirmed that they are. And Reese, I forget how much public funding they had, but I don't want to conflate it. But I, 
I want to say it was near a billion dollars of public funding, and they chose not to use it on um, on the on the dome, and they also chose not to use it apparently for shoveling snow. They used their own fans, which again is a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're like a young kid, I think that's really cool. But from like a business perspective, that you have to like put out an ad in the newspaper. I mean. That's that's kind of bush league. I'm sorry. Like it's cool as an experience for the fans, but if you run an organization and you don't have enough money to like, you know, you have to put on an ad to get fans to come shovel your snow, and it didn't even work. Like there were still people like sitting in piles of snow against the Steelers. That's pretty embarrassing as an organization, as an adult. Well, and the, the other thing too is, like, I, I get priding yourself in being like a frozen tundra place like Lambo, you know, or being lake effect snow in Chicago for late season games. But the fact that it seems like there is at least one game a year that needs to or is in threat of needing to be moved out of Buffalo, I kind of wish the league owners would have stepped up and said, look, we're not going to make you get a dome, but you at least have to have some sort of canopy type situation the way the Chargers do or the way the Tennessee's building over their stadium just because dude, right. Buffalo gets a crap ton of snow it's one of the snowiest places in the country and having whiteouts in the weather it was you know that's different than it being 15 below with a little bit of snow in Kansas City right yeah and look like I said you have the public funding you have almost a billion dollars to spend you didn't do it and now you're complaining about you can't have practice uh, you don't have enough people to shovel snow like I'm sorry that's on you you got to figure that out so we actually might have the advantage there because Buffalo's not able to practice and not able to do the things they need to do and when it comes to the playoffs like these details really matter so we could have the upper hand because of weather um, Reese not only that but I before we talk about the particular game i want to go back to the previous game that we lost so again the buffalo bills uh beat the kansas city chiefs uh i forget what week this is what is this week uh week i'm trying to do math week 13 i think was when we played the bills something like that and what what happens in that game is we lose but we only lose 20 to 17 and what people might not realize is that we played our star running back ceh oh gosh Isaiah Pacheco was uh, was injured during that game, so we didn't have Isaiah Pacheco. We couldn't solidify the run during that game, right? Ceh has 11 carries for 39 yards that game, um, so we can scratch that out, right? Say Isaiah Pacheco plays, would a 2017 game happen? I don't know about that. Uh, furthermore, we also have that. Um, inadverted toss that goes out the window because Kadarius Tony steps over the line. Bills game, right? No, yeah, that's that Bills game. game yeah, mm-hmm. Bills game, right? So we have that where we should have won that game without Isaiah Pacheco, and now we have Isaiah Pacheco establishing the run for the playoffs, and that's huge. And people are not talking about that. I don't know why, but that's something they should be talking about. Reese, also, we have Kadarius Tony. Um, dropping balls we got we got mvs dropping balls we got sky Moore in the offense all these guys are no longer in the offense we got a forced fumble by or not a forceful but a fumble by rasheed rice and we have an interception by patrick mahomes safe to say what we just saw with the dolphins if we can keep that no turnovers establish isaiah pacheco in the run and then we also don't have the guys like Tony. We don't have guys like Moore in the offense anymore. This is a completely different offense that the Buffalo Bills are going to see 
this weekend. And Reese, I feel pretty good about our chances. And if people allude to that, the Buffalo Bills beat us this year. They have to acknowledge everything that I just said. You're now going to have Pacheco, and you're not going to have more. You're not going to have Tony, and you're going to have a Patrick Mahomes who's pretty locked in, not going to turn over the ball. Yeah, I would say that's been the big thing is that I think this last week against the Dolphins might be the best total game we've put together all season from top to bottom. Like we said, limited turnovers kept the penalties to a minimum, and we kept putting points up on the board and wound up with 26. Another thing you mentioned that's a good thing to point out is Isaiah Pacheco not playing last time we met because we also have to remember that James Cook, the running back for the Bills, was on a bit of a tear for a few weeks back when he played us. He had 58 uh, yards on 10 carries to go with 83 yards on five receptions. Uh, Mm. He popped off against Dallas the following week, but as we saw, Green Bay took Dallas to the shed, so I don't think Dallas is that good of a team. Not not Green Bay. I'm just just saying, like, you know, Dallas is fake. Uh, Yeah, it's a shame. Or sham, really. Since that point, James Cook's really kind of reverted to the medium or median of what he has been as a player since he came into the league. Didn't put up flashy, gaudy numbers, either running, let alone receiving, against the Chargers, the Patriots, Miami, and the Steelers last week. So if we can get a more stripped-down version of James Cook than the one that we faced back in Week 13, met with... Our real deal, Isaiah, the truth, Pacheco, I think dictating the running game is going to be a key to whoever comes home with the win in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. Look, the weather's going to be cold. We're not going to see a lot of passing plays. Um, if Legereus Sneed, and he has proven that he can shut down Stefan Diggs, um, we're not going to see a lot out of that you know, air raid offense, especially in the cold. Uh, we're probably going to see a lot of Josh Allen on the on the run, which is great because you know what? We still got Willie Gay. We still got Nick Bolden. We got that spy that's ready for Josh Allen to run. Um, if we are, I think that, I think both of you and I can agree the X factor is there is can we shut down James Cook? And if we can shut him down, I think we should win this game. Maybe not easily, but handedly. I think one X factor we also need to take into account, though, is going on later in the season was the emergence of tight end Dalton Kincaid for Buffalo. He's, man, I tell you what, like, as much as people call Travis Kelsey like a glorified wide receiver, dude, Dalton Kincaid is 1,000% just a really beefy yeah. wide receiver. He's solid. He's, he's very solid. He finished the year with 673 yards as a rookie and two touchdowns. Not that impressive, but I tell you what, I mean, injured for a little bit of it. it he was, and it feels like later on in the season, his name was synonymous with Stefan Diggs when they have chain moving, big third down plays. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting to see who we assign on Kincaid versus on Stefan Diggs. And then, like you said, it'll be up to a Gabe Davis or somebody else on that Bills team to step up if we're able to neutralize those two big passing threats. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've proven that we can neutralize those passing threats, right? We've seen Legereus Need shut down Stefan Diggs, which then, you know, puts a big um, question mark or a big balloon on can Deontay Hardy, can um, Kahil Shakir, can um, actually Gabe Davis is, was he injured? Da- Gabe Davis healthy scratch against the Steelers? I mean, 
That's a good question. I didn't get to see the game. I couldn't tell you. Unfortunately. So I'm so I'm looking right now at the box score of Steelers Bills. Gabe Davis is not on there. Okay. Okay. So either I'm sure Gabe Davis may be coming back from injury. Regardless, if he plays or not, he's going to be banged up a little bit. So it's going to be a great time, I hope, against this um, this Buffalo Bills wide receiver group, especially if we can shut down a guy like. Stefan Diggs, who Legereus Need has proven to do so, and I don't see any difference. Yeah, I, I think a big, big determining factor in this game is going to be what we talked about earlier, which is can we continue to keep the penalties at a, mean, a minimum? Can we continue to keep turnovers at a minimum? And the next step from here on forward is can we start turning more of those red zone trips into touchdowns? We didn't yeah. have a problem moving the ball for most of the year. It's it's crazy to think that. But at this point, the deeper we get into the playoffs, the more we need to turn those threes into sixes and sevens. Yeah, yeah, and and I think one of the um, great plays that we've seen towards the end of the season was getting Isaiah Pacheco involved in the in the passing game. We saw a couple of touchdowns in the red zone because Isaiah Pacheco was was catching the ball and as opposed to running the ball. So I hope we see a little bit more of that. Um, I'm still the jury is still out on maybe another you know big you know I'm calling screw it Reese hot take Mondo. Noah Gray is catching a touchdown this game, Reese. Okay. I'm calling it right now. Go on FanDuel. I bet the odds are ridiculous for it. Put a dollar down and win a hundred bucks. Noah Gray is scoring a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. I'm sure we're gonna dial up a play for that guy. We're gonna see some great plays. I know Andy's been waiting for this game. Again, Andy was trying to get other people involved in the offense during the regular season and then in the playoffs you know um i want to say a bad thing that i can't on airwaves right now but he's gonna blank up or shut up you know and and that and that's what's gonna happen right now andy reed's got a great game plan and he showed it in the playoffs we're gonna spam or she we're gonna spam kelsey and we're gonna see some trick plays for noah gray you know I, I like the book it. I book it. I like the concept that we're going to see a completely different game plan than we saw against Buffalo early in the season. We might. That seems, that's Andy. That's Andy and Spags' MO. Like last time we played the Bills, you got to remember the Bills stomped us, and I think it was the 2021 regular season. And then when we played them again in the playoffs, that was the 13 second game, which seriously, go back and rewatch those highlights. The 13 second game never gets old. Uh, yeah, but you know, I think it was the same thing in 2020, Clyde's first year. Like we said, that first game, we just rode Clyde, rode the hot hand, rode the ground game, and kind of it was like 24 to 10 or something. We won that game, but then in the AFC title game, we blew the doors off in like 39 16 or something. Completely different game plan. I think my Chiefs X factor for this game is can they get McColl Hardman effectively involved in this game? I'm talking once we get into the red zone, can we get some of those jet sweeps of that motion that we saw that really threw teams off last year? Particularly go watch the footage of the San Francisco regular season game last year. That's McColl shining. I think that's going to be the little nudge that we need to get us over the hill. But like I said, the buck starts and stops with limiting drops, limiting penalties, and limiting turnovers. Reese, I think you and I agree that if we lose this game, it's going to be because we lost this game to ourselves. Reese, let me go through an, uh, some more teams where you might feel that way. Do you feel the same way if we play the AFC Championship game against the Ravens? If we lose the game, it's because we lost that game? 
Yeah, I would say so. How about how about the San Francisco 49ers? Um it's hard because I don't think we've played a team like the 49ers that has that like weird charcuterie board of one of every kind of weapon. That would be interesting, but I, I still think the 49ers are the best team in the league when they play their game, but I uh, no, I, I don't think we'd beat ourselves against the 49ers personally. Reese the last time well I don't want to go on into a tangent too much of a tangent but when my son was born um, we we were in the hospital for another couple days and there was the that was the 49ers game so I remember it very vividly because I was in the hospital and Reese we shut down a Kyle Shanahan offense and defense and we we made light of them we also beat them in the super bowl against a jimmy garoppolo and we also beat a brock purdy so i don't know if i agree with you when i say that the 49ers are the best team in the nfl where i feel like andy knows something andy knows something that other people don't know maybe um or he 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 has some trick up his sleeve when it comes to the 49ers but anyway i tried to bait you into this and saying that um um, the Kansas City Chiefs will lose in the playoffs because they shot themselves in the foot. You know what? That like there's there's nothing that Josh Allen can do. Josh Allen is not going to score five touchdowns and 500 yards on us on Saturday. He might score three touchdowns like he did against the Steelers, um, but that's not going to be the reason why he wins. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. it's going to be us, and as long as we can play our game and play a disciplined game. I think we can beat anybody in the league right now. We're on a hot streak. I think you're right. I think we're back to the point that I can't remember if I expressed this or not before the end of the season where it's like I do believe that we can beat anybody and I'm not afraid to play anybody. Uh, Spag seems to be really good at game planning for quarterbacks and finding ways to make them uncomfortable and put them on their heels. And I would. This is just me wishing this, but Josh Allen is due to have a Josh Allen game against us. By which I mean having three plus turnovers. He hasn't really done that the last few times we've played him. But I think he's due, and I hope it's now. I'm not afraid of this Bills team. Really, I don't think they're that much better than us, if at all. I'm not afraid yep. of the Ravens because I still think. I've given the Lamar Jackson bike tire analogy where I think all it's going to take is one stick in their spokes and they're just going to completely fly over the handlebars. And then, like you said, let's say we get to the Super Bowl and we're playing the Lions. would beat the Lions in a rematch. But if we get the Niners, you know, I think that Niners D is overrated, if we're going to be honest. so Yeah, I mean, the, the, they'll, they'll both be good games, but I think you and I agree that, like, you know, if we... If we turn over the ball, then it's going to be our fault if we lose something. Going back to the Bills, not only does our streak, our hot streak make us, make me confident about this game, but Reese Mason Rudolph threw over 229 yards against that Buffalo Bills defense, scored two touchdowns against that Buffalo's Buffalo defense, almost three touchdowns. He has the interception in the red zone. Could have had three, Reese, we could be looking at 240 yards, three touchdowns, zero interception for a Mason Rudolph against that Buffalo Bills defense. That's another thing that makes me hopeful for Saturday, or sorry, Sunday, against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we're going to have to see what happens here. I think the remainder of this playoffs is going to be what we make of it and what we dictate of it. 
I think it's equally possible we found our footing, we found our rhythm, we found our tempo. These were the games that Tom Brady would always win with New England, where he would lose to a team in the regular season, but he gets him in the playoffs, and that's where he's like, okay, now I'm taking this seriously. Yep. So I'm not saying this is a legacy-defining game for Pat. I think at this point anything Pat does beyond this week is gravy. But, yeah. you know... If we want to keep telling the story of the tall tale of Pat Paul Bunyan here, this would be a really nice feather to have in his cap. I don't want to jinx it, and maybe we shouldn't talk about this, but going 3-0 and against the Josh Allen offense uh, in the playoffs with the Bills, does that, does that put a feather in the cap for Josh Allen? If, if we beat Josh Allen this week, Barring a season where everybody in the AFC is injured but the Bills, I don't think Josh Allen ever wins the Super Bowl. That's it. Wow. I think this is like yeah. what breaks them. Yeah. Look, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say like Josh Allen is very good. We he showed it. He's he's gonna he might run for 50, 60 yards against us, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Gabe Davis could have two touchdowns. Um, but yeah. Look, if we go three, if Josh Allen loses three straight to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, you got to have a conversation in Buffalo. Reese, let's let's finish this conversation with some score predictions. Reese, who do you got? Chiefs, Bills, score. I'm hoping that through all of this talking, people aren't mistaking what sounds like confidence that we're going to win when in reality it's just optimism on the fact that I don't believe we're going to get blown out anymore and we have a chance in these games. Whereas if you would have asked me this week, 16, 17, 18, I think I told you, I thought we were one and done in the playoffs. I thought we were going to be just a turnover machine, awful, and who knows. And that's fair. We it's could valid. turn back into a pumpkin this game and, lo- and you know look like we did in the latter parts of the season. But if the Chiefs get to play a game like they played against Miami... I'm going to predict the Chiefs win 26-24 on maybe like uh, a Harrison Bucker field goal with 40-odd seconds left and the defense clamps Buffalo from that point on. What about you? (sighs) Reese, I'm torn because I think this game... We could either win by a lot or it can be very close. Again, I, I I don't have a lot of stock in this Bills defense. We also saw another linebacker go down for the Buffalo Bills against uh, the Steelers. So that's already three linebackers that have gone down for the Buffalo Bills. Reese, I could, if... If we don't get any turnovers and we don't drop balls, we should be able to score 30 on this defense. And I'm confident in saying that. Um, but... But there is a chance that it could be a, a barn burner and we, it could be a tough game. So let me split the difference. Let's go. I don't remember what your score is, but it could be similar. 24-21 Chiefs. Yeah, that's about the same. That's about the same. I don't think we're going to score 30, but it could be it could be tough. Um, so, yeah, how about 24-21 Chiefs? How about, how about a, like you said, I'm going to agree with you, a Butker winning field goal to win the game, a 51-yarder in the fourth quarter, three seconds left. Oh, dude, if Butker hits a 51-yarder. To, to and watch Josh Allen cry right after that, end his season, end his career. <laughs> he retires after that game. <laughs> 
What in the simulator? Back up for Matt Barkley. Oh my! Oh, is Matt Barkley still at Buffalo? Yeah, Matt Barkley is his backup. I think. Oh, dude, so sad. Anyway, <laughs> rip. All right, um, I think that's it, Reese. We've we've had a pretty thick podcast today. I'm a few glasses down of of this beautiful wine that now tastes pretty good. Didn't taste good the first hour, uh, but now it's actually not too bad. Um, this has been great. Thank you for joining us here, Kansas City Chiefs fans. If you're new to it, thanks for uh, for listening to us. Again, go ahead and subscribe, like on any podcast that you listen to. And if you really love it, go ahead and donate on Patreon because that is the funding that we have for this podcast. We will see you next week, good or bad. We are just happy to be here with you all, to be Kansas City f- Chiefs fans, to see all the glory that's happened and all the craziness that has happened. Um, no, matter, no matter what happens, we're going to have some great content for you next week. Um, but before... Before all that, let's all do a celebratory go Chiefs together on three. Three, or sorry, one, two, three. Go Go Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. 